Welcome back, Quick Drag listeners, to our ongoing rollout of EW's exclusive interviews with the RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16 cast. And today we're slamming more interviews down like Jasmine Kennedy into a split on the main stage. In alphabetical order, check out the full videos on EW.com slash Drag Race and our YouTube page rolling out over the next few weeks leading up to the premiere January 5th on MTV. And stay tuned to this episode for our next round of interviews with Nymphia Wind and Plain Jane. Hello, I am Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly, just shooting the breeze with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16, and blowing in over the Tuckahoe Hills is my next guest, a gust of fabulous energy, and I, I mean, look at the material, like, come on. She's about to be the wind beneath your wings. Please welcome the gorgeous Nymphia Wind. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great. I, I'm very excited. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited to be talking with you, especially with your little banana <laughs> friend with banana. us. What's, what's their name? She's called bananas just bananas okay With yes i love little bananas we need to get her on season 17 yes um, <laughs> so do i have to say doing my research on you uh you have one of the most distinct and stunning approaches to this art form i think i've seen in a while and i'm very excited to talk to you about it all and i want to set the stage for everyone a little bit by talking about your origins um because you were based in taiwan for many years right yes. that's where you got your drag your starting drag pretty much because i went to college in england and i i fully started drag in in Taiwan after serving the army and I was like started performing there and doing all the drag stuff and that's where I basically started my career. Wait you served in the army? Yeah it's mandatory as a Taiwanese citizen to serve the army. Oh wow. Because we're so close to a certain country. Wow was that what was that experience like for you? Um, it was interesting because uh, my mom actually helped me apply a substitute service uh-huh. so I went to the fire department mm-hmm. instead of the actual army so I actually served six months in the fire brigade. I was in a little island off coast of the mainland Taiwan islands so there was basically not going to be any fires happening. So I was basically sat all day in the office, washing cars and just doing nothing. <laughs> just like sat all day in the office. Yeah, I was just cars. like sitting there, like playing my Game Boy. Well, that's, that's your service, hard at work. There you go. Very hard at work, serving face. <laughs> <laughs> did you, um, wait, in your um, military service, did you ever cross paths with Alexis Mateo's um, supposed military boyfriend from season three? <laughs> I think I might have caught a little, little glimpse, just the last like somewhere walking by. <laughs> so we can confirm his existence. Finally, Nymphia says it. <laughs> he exists. <laughs> now, you are based in New York City now, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. So um, when did you relocate to New York and why did you relocate there? Um, so I actually never really lived in America for over like a year mm-hmm. prior to last year because I moved, in, moved to New York from Taiwan in the August of 2016. 22. Okay. Also recently. Yeah. So it's quite like fresh off the boat, like in America and then apply for Drag Race. And then here I am. You're just like, of course. I, just, <laughs> I moved here, applied for Drag Race. It's, I mean, come on again, look at the material. Of course she did. There is a lot of New York gals on this season. Yes, so I know. I mean, like, I think six? Five or six? Um, I think technically five because okay. one of them is kind of an LA girl, but like she's now relocated to oh, okay. New York. Well, regardless, there's a lot. There's yeah, a lot of New York, a lot. New York girls. Um, so were you close with any of them before? Did you know any of them beforehand? Um, I think I met them. I met Megami, Dawn, and Tsunami, mm-hmm. but like I've never really like hung out with them. I just met them out, mm-hmm. like going out in New York City. Do you want to continue knowing them after being on Drag Race with them? <laughs> 
to be determined. <laughs> we'll find out. No, your artistry again, like I said, I feel like every photo I saw, my mouth just got lower and lower to the ground. I was just like, really? oh my God, you go from these, these pop girl looks to I even saw you as like a bull with horns um, and then like a ring in your nose to these immaculate works inspired by Asian culture, as you've said in an interview before. So I'm wondering why that balance with all of these other looks is so important for you to this through line of Asian culture in your drag. I feel like as an Asian drag queen, I really need to represent my own traditions and culture and really fuse that with my drag. Because to me, like drag is kind of a Western thing to me. It's like you do it more here, so it's more developed. But back in Asia, at least in Taiwan, it's still a new form yeah. of like expression. So I feel like it's important to really stand out by combining my own culture with my drag to create this fusion of the past and the future, mm -hmm. like with drag and traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. So what, when you start conceiving of a look, what, where do you start? And then does it follow like a certain progression or is it just like whatever comes to you with those inspirations? If I have a theme, I would try to design a concept around that theme and if it's a particular face paint, I would draw inspiration from that and kind of like combine it onto my face with my drag and kind of see where it goes. Mm -hmm. So it's like half and half where it's kind of planned and inspired by something. And then the other half, it kind of just take me wherever you want to take me kind of thing. <laughs> like, let's see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I meant because bringing a lot of cultural influence in there, mm -hmm. there's I imagine it's a lot of just that's not just something that you can just like pull out of nowhere. Like there's a lot of research yeah. that goes into that, right? A lot of research mm -hmm. to really find the right kind of thing you want to do and uh, like where that tradition is based on and how it can be turned into a new meaning. What's the like longest you've ever spent conceptualizing and researching for a look? Maybe a day or two because mm -hmm. it doesn't really take that long. It's just like just find the research and kind of base it off of that. Actually, I take that back. Sometimes <laughs> it does take a week for me to like think back and forth because like sometimes I'm like, oh, should I do this? But then I'm like, oh, I'll change my mind tomorrow. And I'm like, is this good enough? And I'm like, oh, does this work? I'm like, Ugh. but like if I'm on a time crunch and like I have a delay, I'm like, get it together mm -hmm. just do something and I'm always like asking my friend is this good enough like is this good like and they're like it's fine you're think overthinking and I'm like ah no <laughs> but, um, yeah it somehow like managed to put itself together at the end <laughs> I mean clearly the answer was always yes it's always working yes. with always <laughs> You also said in a 2019 interview that your drag is inspired by sex and plastic. To, and to quote you, you said, dolls, toys, dominatrixes, but also Barbies, dolls, robots. Really? When did I say that? And death, too. This was four years ago. And death as well. And that you have a bit of a morbid streak. So uh, what draws you to dominatrixes and death? <laughs> Despite my very joyful look, with my drag, I'm actually quite dead inside. Oh no. And I really like the idea of death and dying in my performance as a concept, because I feel like that's kind of a sense of, you know, rebirth, because you're kind of like cutting off the dead weight and then the process of dying. Just dying just... for us right now. <laughs> rebirth. Like getting rebirth from the ashes, something like that. It's just like there's something beautiful in death for me. So I like to explore death with my drag and yeah. then like putting that in a performance. And dominatrix and sex dolls is um, just being really fierce and just 
having men at your feet. That is just like, I mean, I, I love it. I love it. What is the most morbid thing or performance you've ever done? I do really like in my performance kind of go to a, like a down and then bring it back and up. up. Okay. So it's like, to me, the beauty in a performance is how you get back up from how you put yourself to that low. Got it. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. Like kind of like sabotage yourself, like kill yourself and then die. And then like how you crawl back up. <laughs> If only it worked like that in real life, true. <laughs> you know, just showing struggles on the stage yes. and maybe someone will relate to that and hopefully feel inspired to finally pull themselves out of a deep, 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 deep hole. Very deep hole. Uh, <laughs> you also once did a performance um, as a sex robot that got kind of violent with your backup dancers? You really did all the research. Yes. So um, what happened there? Yes, I did. Um, I do also like a bit of violence in my performances. <laughs> it's just like death, violence, and brutality. Yeah, what happened with that performance? So I just had the idea of being a passive sex robot and being, you know, ordered around. And how do you get yourself out of that kind of situation when you're, you know, being controlled? So that was the basic premise of the performance. And, you know, you'll have to see the performance to find out what happens. <laughs> what was the reaction to that from the audience? Um, I think a lot of the reaction to my performance is quite surprising and unexpected because I do serve like the pop stuntalina mm -hmm. kind of performance as mm -hmm. well. So like when you come to my shows, you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you go to my show and it's, oh, she's giving basic drag performance. It's just like pop song. But then sometimes you go to her shows and it's like concept and you see someone dying on stage and like she's being brutalized and she's struggling and then somehow she kind of managed to survive that. So it's like, you know, I like that element of surprise and then doing the unexpected, I guess. Yes, yes. You know, thinking about how you're going to fit into all of the format of Drag Race is like very interesting to me because... It's very interesting to me too. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, because this is... You're talking about some very like heavy things mm -hmm. with your art. It's very conceptual. It's not a lot of the stuff that you see happening on Drag Race. So like the thing that comes to my mind is maybe like Willow Pill with the spaghetti bathtub thing is like a kind of very conceptual... Yeah. Thing, experimental things. So did you maybe find it difficult at first to marry? Because I know you do the other things well, like the pop girl stuff very yeah. well. But did you find it difficult to marry the other side of you with um, what Drag Race expects? I mean, coming into this competition, I do know I am kind of like a different kind, not your typical drag queen, because I do incorporate a lot of different concepts into my drag. So like, I was worried at first, you know, how I fit in, but there's also another side of Nymphia where she's more upbeat and fun and kind of camp and, you know, silly and goofy. So I do see that kind of going well with the competition mm -hmm. style, but um, there's also another side where I want to incorporate more and show myself in a more conceptual way. So I did have to like find areas where I could slightly kind of incorporate that. I don't know if I can say like the talent show. I didn't say anything. Um, so, you know, I had to like find ways to put my conceptual side in the competition, but not as death, dying and brutality, but like okay. in the middle of that and being commercial. Yeah. So it's like in the middle. 
So what's so like when you're approaching a, like a lip sync to like a pop song, like let's say or if you have to lip sync on the show and it's like an Ariana Grande song or something, how are you approaching those kinds of songs? I mean, just, you know, feel the fantasy. And then She's already just doing like, it. Yeah. Hi, put on a smile, like, woohoo, let's go. <laughs> Does bananas come along for the ride? Um, yeah. <laughs> I am the banana queen of Taiwan. I am imported banana goods, <laughs> fresh from Taiwan. You've said that you use the color yellow a lot. So I'm wondering why you choose to use that color a lot in your drag. Um, I actually don't know. It was actually in 2020 when I just made myself a full on yellow outfit, just like yellow shoes, yellow hair, yellow clothes. And then after that, I kind of got too obsessed. And then I went into this deep yellow cavern of yellowness. <laughs> and then after that, I just couldn't go back to any other color. So I kind of just stuck with yellow. Yeah, I just like how yellow is just such a bright reminder to, you know, always try to be joyful in life and find some sort of happiness. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks good on you too. I mean, like clearly. So I'm asking some questions to all of the uh, season 16 cast members. What can you tease about the season ahead and maybe the twists and the turns? Okay, we've already got, but I'll just take this as an answer. But how was season 16 serving? Oh, she's going to rise again. <laughs> what? Ah! Uh! Very that. It's crazy. It's such a crazy ride. Like, you know, a lot of times you see the franchise and you're like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. Like, that's totally easy. And then you actually go and do it. It's like, wow, <laughs> maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> it's actually really hard. Yeah. Like, it's really stressful, but also it's very fun. And it's kind of like competitive. And you're like, <sighs> yeah, the season is mad. <laughs> Everyone's like <laughs> tough and um, it's brutal. And the twists? Twists are twisting? The twists are twisting up and down like a tornado swinging you around and you just have no idea where you're at and then you're trying to find some sort of path to not getting eliminated and you're just like, where am I? I'm like, I'm still here? Okay, good, let's go. It's like rolling, rolling. It's, like, it's, it's a race. It's, it's, it's like a race, but your hands are on like the controlling wheel and just like... Well, you just won the acting challenge, I think, right now, just by doing that. So you already have your first challenge. Win. I mean, I'm not the most vocal person, so I thought it would be better to act it out for the viewers yes. to really feel it. I love it. No, I felt it. I definitely felt it. And um, the last thing I'll ask you is, in terms of like untucks and just general drama of the season, mm -hmm. we know we love that as well. Who do you think deserves to get the Mistress Isabel Brooks drag delusion vaccine the most of your sisters this season? Um, I think a lot of the Queen's seasons is equally delusional they're all very delusional and in their own little world maybe not all of them like at least half the cast do you get the vaccine yeah okay. they, they really need it okay well we'll see how that all plays out i can't wait to see what you we're still doing it we're still going we're still, oh my gosh yes. i'm twitching <laughs> I, I really can't wait to see what you do on the show. I am very excited because you do have, like, I mean, like I said, doing the research on you. It's just, you need to go check out her stuff because it is, oh. it's incredible. Thank you so much for doing Thank this interview. I, it really was lovely. And stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16. Hey, everyone.
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Hello, I am Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly, talking today with the new cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16. And as much as I want to prepare you all for my next guest, after watching countless videos of her that have permanently altered my brain chemistry, I am not sure I can appropriately prepare anyone for what you're about to experience. Here to explain herself, <laughs> please welcome Plain Jane. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. You seem, uh, you, you ready for this? You seem like, yes. that, did that intro throw you off? No, no. I, <laughs> I've been told that my, my energy is very brain chemistry altering, altering. and mind bending, mm. you know, so. I, I appreciate it, yeah. No, I, I mean that truly in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. I had the most fun going through your clips and videos and Instagram captions Ooh. because I mean like, I, I mean, you have really stunning and glamorous looks, like first of all, I have to yeah. say that. And, but then you'll just have an IG caption that's just like holding in a shirt. Yes, and yeah. I, it's so funny, the beautiful juxtaposition mm -hmm. of camp and these looks. Mm -hmm. um, why is that style so interesting to you? I mean, I just, I love poop humor. Um, a drag queen kind of needs to be, you know, a jack of all trades. And that includes being, you know, both glamorous and but, you know, also funny. So that's, that's what I try to try to bring to the table is mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, everything that I want to see in a drag queen. Like holding in charts. Holding in charts. Yeah. And sometimes not holding them in. You You're know, doing that right now? I've prior to this interview, let them all <laughs> loose. I feel bad for the PAs in the hallway right now. <laughs> Me too. Sorry. Sorry mm -hmm. to the PAs. Mm -hmm. Now, you have been doing drag in Boston, yes. correct? Um, where you competed on another elimination series called Drag Gauntlet? Oh, I did. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So um, how long have you been doing drag? I've been doing drag for about five years now. Uh, my introduction into drag was the Boston Drag Gauntlet. It is an, you know... A competition not unlike RuPaul's Drag Race, mm -hmm. and I believe it's still going on now. Uh, but yeah, it was the introduction, my introduction to drag, and it, it kind of, um, I guess, was the, was the early, early training grounds for RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. So, you know, Boston truly molded me into the performer and queen that I am today. Mm -hmm. what, you, what you see is... What you got, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I can mean many different things with you, I feel. But I'm also, I'm a huge Neon Calypso fan. Mm, I oh my am gosh. obsessed with Neon Calypso. And I heard that she gave you your first yes. show. Yes. Oh my gosh. Neon did give me my first uh -huh. show. Uh, she is an incredible performer. And, you know, I'm very forever grateful for to Neon Calypso for giving me that opportunity as like, you know, a 20-year-old uh, baby cross-dresser to just get out there and put my foot in the door. It was it was so fun performing that first time. I think everybody remembers their their first time out in drag. It was quite quite the experience. So thank you, Neon, for unleashing me into the world.
I always see when Neon comes to New York, she performs as part of sometimes Switch and Play. Have you mm. ever seen Switch and Play? I, I never have. No, I'm oh. yet to see it. Oh, Switch and Play is amazing. Um, but uh, can you, okay, so that first show that Neon hired you for. Yes. Can you relive it a little bit? Like, what was that first show? Oh, like? my what God. Were you wearing, ah! What were you doing? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. First of all, I was kind of a, a put together from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I had my like little tiny little hip pads in. I had a doll scale oh. outfit, of course. Yeah. Um, as any good baby queen should. It was a Dolls Kill cat suit, and I did did it on him by Nicki Minaj. Oh, wow. Yeah, I am a Barb certified. And I pulled out a, uh, am I allowed to say dildo? You're a dildo. A dildo. I think this is, this is actually, uh, I, I think I might have copied Venus Delight's move. I think Venus Delight does, did it on him and pulls out a di okay. dildo uh -huh. at the piss, piss, piss on him part. Anyways, um, that's, that's besides the point. I was wearing a flat <laughs> shake and go synthetic unit. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I felt like that and I actually, I did a lot of squatting during that number to okay. really emulate did, you know, the song is called Did It On Him, so I really wanted to capture the essence of that song. And I, I squatted, squatted, squatted down. There was so much squatting during that number. But it was great. It was great. And the audience, you know, I, I had their full attention and support, and they just made it rain on me. And I felt like a star. And here I am now, baby, with Joey Nolfi. Nolfi? Yes. yes. <laughs> Sitting here with MTV and yes. living living my dream and my truth. You just explained dildos and squatting and doing it on them mm -hmm. with like the energy of like an academic, like Ivy League professor. I oh, love that you, you just did that. That is what I'm living for. Thank with you, you so much. But I also feel like, I, so like the Boston drag scene, I feel like I don't know much about like the Boston drag scene in general. So mm -hmm. what's like the overall vibe like? Well, I would like to tell you that it's drag excellence, but it's actually the opposite. <laughs> it's drag incompetence. It's a special, special scene very unique a lot of brow texture a lot of you know creativity i i'm sorry i'm at a loss for words right now it's just okay. i can't the, the boston drag scene the essence of it is is just so ethereal and otherworldly you know transcends uh space time and you know shatters the cosmos really but anyways do you find that people yeah. when you're talking to people sometimes that it takes them like they really think you're serious half the time and then it takes them like a minute before they realize that like oh well sometimes i am serious was that serious so i would appreciate it if people took me seriously <laughs> yes well somebody who does take you very seriously fellow boston drag race rue girl juju b um, oh she told me she has some experience with you oh she does yes and she submitted a few questions for you for this interview oh um, one, she wants to know when she is going to get the luggage she loaned you for this season back in her possession because she says the luggage she gave you now has made more appearances on Drag Race than she has. <laughs> Juju, you will never get that luggage back. <laughs> Come and find me. If you want that luggage back, I'll be waiting for you. First of all, the shady <laughs> I didn't make any of the PAs cry. I reserve that for you. I will make you cry. I had a lovely experience on set. All the PAs were super nice mm -hmm. and everyone was great. I, I'm told, I was told that in Hollywood, you have to be nice to people. So yeah, mm -hmm. Juju taught me that lesson. Aww. So yeah, I owe it all to you, Miss B. Well, she did lend you the bags for the show. So she, she did. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's done it, what, 20 times now? 30. 30. Time. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, 40th time is the charm, yes. I hear. Word. Jujubee, yeah, we're 
another season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you have any memorable or like funny stories from Jujubee, like being together on the drag scene? Is there anything funny you can? I wasn't. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't actually in the drag scene with Jujubee. She is, as you can imagine, much, much, much older than I am. You know, decades and decades and decades. So she was around way back when they had those like, you know, interesting looking bicycles with the one big wheel and the one small <laughs> wheel at Jock's Cabaret in Boston, you know, tipping, tipping her her top hat and, you know, collecting dimes and nickels or whatever she was doing. I I wasn't, wasn't around back then. So I kind of missed Juju's local drag era, um, unfortunately. But yeah, Juju is actually a part of a drag family that um, I'm also sort of kind of a part of, I mm -hmm. do this weekly brunch on Sundays um, in Boston and my my brunch family is Juju's okay. drag family that she has mm -hmm. since forgotten since becoming oh, an no. international superstar. Come home, Juju B. Juju B, come you. home. Come home. Speaking of your performances, I've also seen these really hilarious clips of you trying to, there's one where you're trying to perform in grass, in heels, like running around outside somewhere that is really funny oh, while somebody is just blowing bubbles and looks like <laughs> it's in somebody's backyard. And also there's another one where you're just like bent over on a bar, like slapping your tuck. What's a tuck? Which, uh, oh yeah, what's a tuck? Um, but I mean, that means you're Boston's poet laureate essentially. So, but mm -hmm. I do want to know what is going on at a typical Plain Jane show. Like what are we getting in terms of performance and comedy? How do you approach all of that? You know, a typical Plain Jane show, picture this, honey, you're s seated front row at a dingy bar. You know, that you're taking in the ambiance, the smell, it smells a little like toe cheese. You're looking at the stage, right? You know, I come out, I look beautiful, the most beautiful, most stunning woman that you've ever seen in your entire life. And then she, she harks a glob of saliva into the palm of her hand and starts slapping her bulbous, uh, you know, labias that are protruding from her pantyhose. That is the essence of a plain Jane show. You can't help but to be, you know, entranced by what yes. you're looking at and just give me all your money yeah. at the shows that I'm performing at. All the big bills go to me. You also have duvet saleswoman in your Instagram bio, and it also says young woman in Russian mm -hmm. in that same bio. So can you explain those things? Like, are you really a duvet saleswoman in your Well, I'm a duvet job? saleswoman in training. Okay. So I was reached out to by a duvet sales company to do some promotional work for them. They wanted me to make like a TikTok for them of me, you know, using their duvet. So I haven't quite agreed yet. We're still working out a deal. We're negotiating, but I, I am probably by the time that this airs, I will be a fully fledged <laughs> duvet saleswoman and spokesperson for duvets. So you just put it in your Instagram bio in the hopes of like manifesting that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think it's important in life to really manifest. I think that you got to dream big. Yeah. And that, that's how you, you, you are where you are by dreaming big, right? <laughs> yes. So what, what are we, what are you manifesting now? What are we, what, what are we manifesting? I'm manifesting just happiness, love, joy. Oh my God, I'm manifesting uh, a win, you know? I imagine that your Drag Race audition tape was like next level wild. So like, what did you do in your Drag Race audition tape? Why, why would you think it's, it was next level wild, Because Joey? you are, I, like I said, I was, I had so much fun 
researching you and I just feel like the things that you do are just, it's its unlike any other drag that I've ever seen before. Why wouldn't you think that I just served <laughs> insanely beautiful, glamorous looks and that's what got me on? While holding in shards. The entire time, <laughs> I'll have you know, it was painful. I encourage anybody who wants to audition to just, you know, be, the, be themselves and, you know, show Mama Ru what makes you special? What makes you a television queen versus a bar queen? <laughs> <laughs> so what does make somebody a television queen versus a bar queen? Your name has to be plain Jane. You have to have <laughs> big, big breasts. And you just have to, you know, be gorgeously stunning and lack a gag reflex. It's, <laughs> it's in the manual. The essential keys. The, mm -hmm. the building blocks of drag. Question I'm asking to everybody, and we've been getting some really fun answers. The twists and turns ahead on Drag Race, we always know they're coming. What can you tease about what we might see on the season coming up, and how will Drag Race Season 16 step it up from past seasons? Girl, <laughs> so many twists, so many turns. I mean, the amount of turns, it was, it was crazy. It's a lot of turns. You could get lost out there. I'm already lost. You're going to need a GPS <laughs> to handle this season, honey. Drag Race was my nom. Mm -hmm. Drag Race was my Vietnam, my Vietnam War, my war zone. You know, it was crazy. You know, we were throwing metaphorical bombs at one another the entire time. There was poisonous gas involved no. emanating from my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that answered your question. It, it more than answered my question. Um, so, but the other queens are, when I say... I, I've been asking the sex question. I'll let you give your answer first. Who of the season needs the Mistress Isabel Brooks drag delusion vaccine the most out of this cast? <laughs> <laughs> I love, well, first of all, nobody needs a vaccine. Let me make one thing clear. I love a delusional drag queen. Me too. Nobody needs a vaccine from drag delusion. Best okay. All day. <laughs> drag delusion will take you far, honey. Mark my words. But I would say morphine. If there was one girl that had a fierce case of the drag delusions, it was my sweet, sweet sister, Morphine. That girl, that girl is wild. I mean, her confidence is unshakable. And that's what I, I personally love in a drag queen. Mm -hmm. I love a confident I love it when, you know, you try to read a and she comes at you, you know, six times stronger. You know what I mean? So... That's what I that's what I enjoy. I enjoy drag delusion. I encourage everybody to take a sip, <laughs> take a healthy dose of drag delusion out there. Trust me, it will you'll go places. She she said your name very quickly when I asked that question too. So you were oh, on no. the same page. No, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I'm sensing that Untucked is going to be good this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those I mean, listen, those cut waters, honey, that they give us, they're strong. Okay, it's, that is that is a twelve percent, twelve thirteen percent alcohol cut water. Mm -hmm. It'll get you. It'll get you good. They give us two of those, honey. Done. You're done. Yeah. Plus, after a day of, you know, after a stressful day, you're on the runway with with the judges, you know, reading you. You know, you need it. You take one sip of that and you go off. You need it. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the untucks are definitely going to be wild. Mm -hmm. And it in some cases, literally, the girls would untuck and their schlongs would flop out and, you know, they, they just start swinging them, helicoptering them. I think there are, there's going to be a lot of censoring going on because that is that is you know i i think they they broke television standards this year with the way they were acting well 
On that note, we will then helicopter out of this interview. Oh, fantastic. Um, thank you so much for this. This was a lot of fun. It of was course. really lovely to meet you. I cannot wait. I truly cannot wait to see what you do on the show. I think it's going to be uh, a ride. We'll just say that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here and stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. Thank you so much for listening once again. We will be back with more from our season 16 queens. Up next, we have Plasma and Q on the next episode. Until then, keep up with our quick drag and drag race overall coverage at ew.com slash drag race. And make sure to check back on our YouTube and social pages for videos and highlights, all that good stuff from these interviews as they become available leading up to the premiere January 5th on MTV. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh, I love this podcast.